0: Hello, wherever you're watching this from, welcome to Global Heart at Home. My name is Eli, I'm one of the pastors here at Global Heart Church Perth. Hey, and just want to welcome you and just gonna share with you a few moments from the word of God, and I hope it's encouraging to you. Uh, but a little bit about myself. Uh, me and my wife live here in Perth and we've got a, a young girl, she's nearly two years old, so you can imagine she's full of energy. And we also got a three-month-old boy. So at this time when you know we're sort of confined to our house a lot of the day, you know, my household at the moment is filled with watching Disney shows or watching kids shows on TV. In fact, I could probably memorize many of the lines of uh, Paddington Bear to you. That's one that's hot at the moment. Uh, But the other day, I introduced my daughter to Aladdin. And this is not Aladdin, the new one. This is Aladdin, the original one. She didn't find it very interesting. But there's a song in Aladdin, and I'm not going to sing it because it'll end up being a meme. But it's a song, I think it's called Magic Carpet Ride. But there's this one line in the song that sort of got me thinking about this thought they're going to share with you today. And the line in that song goes like this. It goes, a whole new world. Like it goes, don't close your eyes. Uh, I want to show you a whole new world. You can sort of picture in your head uh, what song that is. I'm sorry if it gets stuck in your head after this. But this whole thought of a whole new world got me thinking because uh, I'm sort of thinking, what is the world going to be like after this whole coronavirus has passed by. And, you know, it's said in the media or, or when I think about it, you know, the world's going to be very different. Like I've never lived through a pandemic. I don't think there's many people alive who have. So the other side of this, I believe it's going to be a very different world that we live in. And it reminds me of a story in John 9. And this is, this is written by the Apostle John. And it's a retelling of an encounter that Jesus and his disciples have with a man. And the story goes on in John 9, verse 1 to 9. It talks about there was they They were walking down the street and they saw a man on the side of the street and it says that he was blind. But not only was he blind, it says that he was born blind. And then in verse 2, the disciples begin to have a discussion with Jesus and say, Jesus, was it this man's sin or was it this man's mistakes or his parents' mistakes that caused him to be blind? Because there was a common understanding in that day or belief that, hey, if someone was going through a hardship or, or, or someone... Uh, was physically disabled or in a bad situation, it was sort of like a payback for bad decisions they had made or their parents had made in their life. And I love Jesus' response because it's similar to the response uh, that I think I would like to give people, what Jesus would like to give us today, when people are sort of thinking, you know, is this a punishment? This time that we're living in now, is this a punishment for something that we've done? But Jesus says, he goes, you know, it was neither, in verse three, it was neither his parents or him. It happened to him so that you, the disciples, could watch him experience God's miracle. And one thing I noticed uh, in this time, and uh, as being a pastor for uh, since 2009, so it's that 11 years now, never have I seen before an openness or or, uh, an extreme visibility of the goodness of God. Like in this time when things are stripped away and And, uh, you know, things that we're so used to doing or things that could have been distracting to be able to see God. It's so evident now that the factors of God, God's miracles, God reaching into people's lives. You know, the hope of Jesus is more illuminated than ever before. So Jesus says, you know, this is a time to see God's miracles, but also says that this man is blind. And it got me thinking about blindness. You know, blindness or not being able to see is is one of the most isolating experiences. I've never been physically blind, but you can sort of picture when the lights are out and you can't see. It's an isolating or limiting experience. Being blind would, would feel very isolating, a, a bit like what we're in right now. We can feel limited in what we're doing and it can bring uncertainty and a sense of isolation. We can't seem to think, what's on the other side of this? You know, you know what, possibly, what possibly good could come out of this. It's a very limiting experience. But the good news I want to share to you, if you understand the Bible or read the Bible, is that God thrives with limitations. And if you think about it, Jesus himself was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was not known in the time of Jesus. Bethlehem was a small town that nobody knew about. But out of the small town, Bethlehem, came the Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, in John 1, we read when Jesus, he was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth, and he's finding his first disciples. Uh, The the disciple Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, there was a limited city, born in a limited town, come from a limited city. And then I like to think of the disciples. Okay, The disciples uh, were were working men. The Bible says they were not educated. And in fact, uh, some of them were fishermen, and they weren't good fishermen. They are bad fishermen there. In fact, the Bible says they went fishing all night and they caught nothing. But Jesus still uses these disciples to impact the world that we experience today. God thrives in limitations. I want to encourage you that uh, God is going to do a miracle in this time, even though we can feel limited and isolated. But not only blindness, you know, it says that he was born blind. There's, some, there's a difference between, I imagine, being born blind and then going blind due to disease or an accident later in life. I like to picture, you know, this man would not be able to even have an image of what the simple things in life look like. What would a face look like? You know, what would a tree look like? What would, you know, what would any everyday object look like? This man would never know because he was born blind. But Jesus was about to heal this man and he was about to experience not a world that he had experienced before, but he was about to experience a whole new world but why I want to coin back to that Aladdin story is that Jesus is not a magician in fact Jesus as we read on in this story you know it says that he didn't wave his wand or say hey be healed and the man was blind in fact there was a process to his healing in fact it wasn't a a pretty process in fact some of the steps of this process are parts if it was your story that you wouldn't be telling later when you retell the story in fact if you read along in your own time a bit later in verse 15, when the man's retelling the story, he leaves out some of these key, key details because it says in verse 6, this is how Jesus began to heal the man from his blindness. It says, verse 6, Then Jesus spat on the ground, made some clay with his saliva. Then he anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay. Not eyelids. It says he anointed the man's eyes with this clay that he made out of his saliva. I don't know about you, but that's... That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, uh, I can imagine this man, you know, he he would have been on the side of the road f- well for a long time. It says he, he was born blind and 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 probably he, he would have experienced people spitting at him or spitting near him before because people saw that his blindness was because he'd done something bad in his past. So I, I can picture he doesn't know it's Jesus coming, and all of a sudden he begins to hear a man making sounds of of wanting to spit, and I'm not going to do it for you just because you might be watching this around dinner time. But then all of a sudden he hears this spitting sound in the ground and then he hears like a swooshing, like as, as Jesus is like mixing the, the spit in the sand and, and making mud. So I can imagine this this guy is like, oh no, what's, what's, ha- what's happening right now? What's, what's happening? What's going on? This, this guy, whoever he is, is really close. He's just spat and he's making a, a whooshing noise and then all of a sudden, oh, what's, what's this wet stuff? on my eyes. You know, this is like a real disgusting story, an uncomfortable story. But what is Jesus sort of saying in this part? And what I want to talk about is, you know, sometimes when you start the journey with Jesus, it can be uncomfortable. You know, sometimes we want it to be done a certain way. But in fact, encounter with Jesus is sometimes a bit weird. Not only to us, but I imagine people on looking and watching what Jesus was doing, they'd be like, wow, what's going on, Jesus? That's a bit mean. Why are you torturing this guy? But for this guy, he let Jesus do it. I want to encourage you that, hey, you know, sometimes as you start a journey with Jesus, it can be uncomfortable. But I want to tell you, the miracle is on its way. But it doesn't stop there because I love this. In, in verse 7, then Jesus asks him to do something else. Verse seven, it says, and then he said to the blind man, come on, he's still blind with sand and mud on his eyes. Now go wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. And, um, Siloam, and this, this word Siloam means scent, which I'm going to get to in a moment. So he went and washed his face and he came back and he could see for the first time in his life. So we see an amazing miracle. We see this man born blind and now uh, he can see, but first Jesus has rubbed this mud made with saliva in his eyes. But then Jesus asked the blind man to get from where he is and stumble his way to a pool to receive his healing. Now, Jesus, this is the thing that spun me out. Jesus is the one who was sent by God. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And then he's sending a man who is blind to a pool that's called Sent. So Jesus, who was sent, sends a man to. A to a pool called scent. And then the guy receives his sight. You know what? This would be a very humiliating, but also humbling experience for the man. This is, this is something where he would have to fully rely and give control over to Jesus. And I know in this time, uh, you know, it can seem like a lot of things are out of our control. You know, in fact, you know, it can seem like we're under control of our government, like how you can do this, you can't do that. And, and it's making some people uncomfortable, particularly if you're like me, who, who, who naturally likes to be in control. It can seem in this moment like we're out of control, but we've got to understand that in this situation, even though Jesus didn't cause it, I believe that he is, he is, he is in control of this situation. In fact, you know, nothing is, we've done it on our own aspects. In this time, we've got to believe, hey, God has sent us. I'm in this destination right now. I'm in this place right now. And in the end, we'll get out of it. But hey, God, I give you control of my situation. In fact, a question I, I ask myself, or sometimes people ask me because I'm, I'm a pastor, they're like, what do I do? And, and I want to be honest. And I say to them, hey, look, I, I don't know what to do. But I do know what I won't do. And what I won't do is I won't stop trusting in God. So this guy goes to the pool and he comes back and his eyesight is restored for the first time in his life. Now I'm going to skip a few verses and I'm going to go down to verse 35 and I'm going to finish on this because this is an opportunity I want to give you. It says, the, blind, the man became sick, was able to see. And when he came back, you know, Jesus had disappeared. But then the religious people at the time weren't happy that he could see um, because, you know, it was the Sabbath when no one was supposed to be working. And they asked him a whole series of questions, you know, who made you see? And they were trying to catch out Jesus. And then eventually they got fed up and they sent the guy who could now see out of the out of the, the, the temple courts. And, and then Jesus realizes this guy comes out. In verse 35, it says, When Jesus learned they had thrown him out, he went to find him and said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? Verse 36, the man whose blind eyes were healed answered, Who is he, Master? Tell me so that I can place all my faith in him. Tell me so I can place all my faith in him. Jesus replied, I'm not going to tell you. In fact, Jesus says, you're looking right at him. He is speaking with you. It is me. It is the one right in front of you. It is the one right in front of your eyes right now. And it says, the man threw himself at Jesus' feet and worshipped Jesus and said, Lord, I believe in you. So here's a man for his whole life, not being able to see. And he's, and he's in front of Jesus for the first time. And he reverts back to his normal. And he says, Jesus, he says, tell me who this man is. Tell me who he is. And Jesus says, no longer will you just have to hear. No longer will you just have to be told. But now you can see. And here I am standing right before you. I want to encourage you at your home. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've heard about God. Maybe you've heard from a friend. It could be positive or negative. Maybe you heard from a podcast or a YouTube video of this is what Jesus is like. And maybe you've never given your life to him. But I want to tell you right now, you can not only just hear about him, but you can experience him for the first time. You can see Jesus for the first time. This man, he had never read the Bible. Come on, because we know he's blind. Uh, He'd never been to church. In fact, he'd never seen Jesus before in his life. But when faced with an opportunity to experience Jesus, it says that he threw himself. He made a response. He made a a, uh, a personal, responsible decision to go, okay, I'm going to receive Jesus right now. And I want to encourage you at home. That's an opportunity I'm going to give you in just a moment. I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. In fact, the Bible says that, hey, this God in heaven who loved us so much, you know, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And the reason he did that is because the Bible says that we were separated from God. We were separated from this plan. The Bible calls this sin, but literally sin just means that we've missed the mark. It means that we've made our own decisions and our own choices, and we've missed this perfect plan of a perfect father in heaven. But Jesus came to earth to pay the price for that. And in fact, all we have to do to be restored back into this relationship with God, to have this face-to-face encounter, this experience of God is to receive this free gift, receive his sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So I wanna encourage you, if that's you, I'm just gonna pray in just a moment. And maybe you're praying this for the first time. I wanna encourage you, uh, after we've prayed this prayer, I'm gonna let you know what to do. But right now, if you're able, hey, just pray with me and just repeat after me in your heart and be sincere. And I believe as we pray this prayer together, right there in your room or sitting on the couch or lying in bed, watching on your phone, I believe God is going to encounter you in a powerful way right where you are. So here we go. Big voice. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for me living life my own way. I believe in your finished work on the cross. And God, I just pray right now, help me to follow after you all the days of my life in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, hey, I wanna encourage you, the Bible's clear. This is a journey that you don't have to do by yourself. In fact, I wanna encourage you, it's a journey that's nearly impossible to do by yourself. So there's a form uh, linked to this video or just below. Hey, I'd love you to fill out that form. And what we wanna do is we wanna encourage you on what the next step is for you. We have churches here in Perth where I'm speaking to you from. We also have churches in Zambia and Hamburg, Germany and soon to be in Melbourne. But even if you don't live near one of those locations, hey, I'd love to encourage you, fill out that form anyway. And our team would love to contact you and help you get connected to a great community that's gonna help you move forward in the things of God. Hey, I'm excited for you. And uh, hey, I hope to hear from you soon.